<laughs> Hi, I'm Julian. I'm Tom. We are Believe, a Ted Lasso podcast. We are also Team Binge. <laughs> Those things go together. Today we were talking about Lasso Season 2, Episode 4, which is called... Carol of the Bells. Which, if I recall, was what you guessed at the end of last episode, right? And it was close. It was close. Super close. You knew it was going to be a Christmas episode <laughs> that was released in August, right? I did not. Okay. Yeah, no <laughs> one did. This one was written by Joe Kelly. He's one of the normal writers. Um, so we won't go through his IMDb. Big themes here are the Higgins family Christmas, which I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah. As someone who hated Higgins in the beginning, did you have fun at the Higgins house for Christmas? <laughs> I did. I think like what they've done with Higgins' character and kind of open him up and like you see that he's a family man and like a true caring, giving soul. Like it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, you gotta wonder if he was always like that and he was just kind of conniving and sniveling, or if Ted has brought some of this out, but we'll get into it as yeah. we go. Uh we see Ted's first Christmas after the divorce and separated from both Michelle and Henry, mm-hmm. more importantly, Henry and <laughs> Rebecca coming in, which was a nice touch. And then we also have this adventure with Roy, Keeley and Phoebe <laughs> uh, going door to door. That was fantastic. And of course, we deal with a massive fallout from the Dubai air protest. Huge fallout. Wow. I mean, they made such a big deal out of it the last episode, and mm-hmm. it just carried over. And I felt like it affected everything. It did. It did. A lot of twists and turns. There wasn't Christmas in the air. There was Dubai air <laughs> in, the in air. the air. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Opens up with team secret santa which was fun (laughs) you see isaac in that main chair and you're a little bit confused as to what's going on but everyone is getting booze tom have you done a work secret santa before i have but it's usually like a 20 dollar limit kind of a thing and they're usually like cheap like a little like gag gift kind of deals sure i do love that like in a premier league or i guess at this point a champion league soccer uh, clubhouse where all these guys are just filthy rich. They're probably getting each other just the top shelf booze. Right. It's a great gift. Right. Yeah, it was fun to watch them all exchange gifts. Colin, I don't know if you noticed, he was wearing a turkey hat. Oh, I noticed. Oh, it was great. <laughs> While well, he got his scarf that uh, was it? Who hand-knit it for him? Uh, it was Bumbercatch. Bumbercatch hand-knitted yeah. it. He, yep. Super nice. He's like, oh, I didn't know everyone was getting booze. <laughs> yeah. He did something super nice. He's he like, hey, it. this is great. Colin's like, it's great. I can wrap my booze in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Isaac presiding. He has this line where he says, may your secret Santa reveal itself. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know if that was a typical secret Santa thing, but I, it gave it some flavor that I really enjoyed. Yeah, Locker was fun. They're all like, oh, and then like eventually the guy stands up. It's, it was fun. Right. The only time I've done a secret Santa, I bought a uh, a video iPod. The dollar limit was $20, and then <laughs> I turned it into Yankee Swap, and yep. everything went down from there. I'm going to show how much you love by how much you spend. Yeah, I smashed a teapot with a love note in it. <laughs> then the, the coaching staff is in the office while the team is doing Secret Santa. Uh, this is, I guess Secret Santa is something Ted brought, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they mentioned it. And Higgins is like, hey, this is a great new tradition. And something happens, and oh, uh, I love in the background, yeah, because like Higgins is like, oh, the Secret Santa idea is great, and you see like the new kit man in the back opening up his gift, and his gift is seemingly just a cash basket. So he just pulls holding up cash. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. he was like that uh, little American doll that we looked at, just holding (laughs) up a bunch of dollar bills. 
<laughs> and uh, his name is Will Kitman. We're going to stick with that, okay. by the way. like it. They cheers at one point to responsibility. Mm -hmm. They're like, to responsibility, <laughs> and they all have booze. Yep. And I thought that was... I mean, I thought it was a joke. I'm assuming that was a pointed, <laughs> we're a all joke. drinking, but yep. we're choosing responsibility. Hey, listen, as long as they just do it responsibly, one one drink, they're good. Sure. Or maybe sure. they all have chauffeurs. They're, they're good. That's a really good point. We then find out what their current record is, Tom. What mm -hmm. is their current record? The current record is 4-4-14. Four, four, and 14. So that is four wins, four draws. Or sorry, four wins, four losses, and 14 draws. I don't know if you know you saw on the uh, the keyboard uh, or, or the board that's the on the wall. Board, yeah. yeah. So it says W's, L's, D's, and then right below D's it says nuts. I did notice <laughs> that. Parenthesis, which I, I did thought like was it. A blink and you miss it kind of thing. Who do you think wrote that? Do you think it was Beer? Do you think it was Ted? I, I would guess Ted. It doesn't seem like his kind of humor, but I don't see Beard writing that or Nate. Yeah, that's fair. I would probably guess Ted as well. Yep. But this is a big time jump we have here. I mean, they went from what? It was like seven ties in a row, and then they got, yeah. they broke it with the loss. So, I mean, it's a huge time jump. And, like, obviously... Well, we're at Christmas now, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they, and before, yeah. we were in some unknown uh, month. So <laughs> yeah. We could have um, jumped 12 months, for all we know. No, that wouldn't work. That, that would have been Christmas to Christmas. I did look it up, though. So, Championship League has, a, I, I think, 46 total games. So, based on that math, they are 22 games in. So, they're just below midseason. So, if they're going to turn this season around with only 26 points, they're going to need to do it pretty quickly. Because 26 is not a lot. It's not going to be a lot. It's going to have you kind of still mid-table, bottom of the table. It's very funny when Beard points to their record. If you just watch him and Brandon Hutt does just some incredible acting <laughs> where he like looks really sad and he like drinks slowly and sadly. And he's just you can tell he's just like thinking about their record yep. and how poor it is. And the camera kind of like focuses on the, the board in the background that shows their record and him. Like I think that's really good. Uh, Beard does mention that um, like they have their big game tomorrow on Boxing Day. Yeah. So it's a half day off for Christmas. Yep. And then the next then, day is Boxing yes. Day. Yes. Do, do you know Boxing Day? Have you heard of Boxing Day before? I've heard of Boxing Day. I thought it was a Canadian thing. Um, but tell me about Boxing Day, Tom. So from the Wikipedia search, it's apparently originated in the UK uh, as a holiday to give gifts to the poor. Uh, but today it's primarily known as a shopping holiday, which mm. is classic imperialism. That sounds like an American <laughs> holiday. Yeah. Started off, uh, well, except for the charity part. Anyways, I love America. <laughs> uh, but it's, yeah, apparently a tradition, well, it is a tradition for like top tier uh, clubs uh, throughout the uh, United Kingdom to play soccer on Boxing Day. So Boxing Day is like one of those like after holiday or after Christmas, big holiday. A lot of people are off um, and, you know, get to watch sports and and all the soccer games. I think in America, we usually like basketball. Basketball is real big on Christmas Day where they've got a couple games going on. So you've got a lot of soccer matches happening on Boxing Day. Sure, sure. They start discussing what everyone's plan is for Christmas. I think this was my first big issue with this episode because Ted refers to Christmas as Santa's birthday. <laughs> Whose birthday is it on Christmas, Tom? Um... I'll help you out. It's Jesus's <laughs> birthday. Not Santa's, Jesus's. Wait, I don't know. wait, wait, Jesus isn't Santa? Jesus is not Santa. Wait, Santa's not Jesus? No, Santa is Jesus's dad, who he sent down to Earth to oh. deliver gifts. And that gift is eternal life. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's probably not biblical, but we'll clean that up in the edit. 
uh, we find out that, anyways, uh, I just want to clarify whose birthday it is. Uh, <laughs> Keely. Keely and Roy are having uh, sexy Christmas, <laughs> which ooh, sounds like ooh, a I don't know all the different noises they make. Yeah, that was, a, that was a lot of random noises. <laughs> I'm realizing transitioning from Jesus's birthday to Keely's sexy time Christmas is maybe not the best transition. Listen, it's not what you think, man. With your it's like noises. Vegas, it's like Vegasy, Sinatra, and then at the end, it's sexy time. Yeah, it's drink martinis and sit by the fire while yeah. dressing up fancy. It sounds lovely. Yeah. I would love to join Keely for uh, Christmas. Yeah, I'd be 100% in. Yeah. You realize at some point when they're doing the oohs and ahs, like, if you listen carefully, there is a Woody the Woodpecker. Somebody does, like, ooh, ah, ah. I don't, I'm assuming it's Nate or oh, maybe really? Higgins. Yeah. I don't think that's a Ted to do the Woody uh, the Woodpecker. Maybe, maybe. It came out of nowhere. I think the camera might have been on Ted at that point, oh. so that's why I didn't think it was him. Okay. All right. <laughs> We find out Rebecca is going to someone's Christmas party. I like how Keely's like, say their full name first yeah. and last. She's like, oh, it's Elton John's. No biggie. No biggie. The Higgins family hosts the players without families. And he's like, we usually get two. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was interesting because of how many people show up. And I think you we're supposed to see like that the team is becoming more of a team. Well, and, and seemingly, like you mentioned in the beginning, at the start of the show here, that uh, people like Higgins may be opening up a little bit to mm. the team, and he's kind of been like, I don't know, kind of like the cog in the wheel for Rupert when he used to run the team, and kind of make maybe more conni conniving. I don't think that's in his character, but right. is opening up more to the team, and, and they are to him as well. Right. We find out that Ted... And I don't know why they didn't fly Henry. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, Henry's in America, <laughs> and so he's going to spend FaceTime with Henry on Christmas. Oh, Apple Alert. FaceTime. A Apple Alert. For those of you playing Apple Alert Bingo, that's a bingo. That's a bingo. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Jamie comes in, and this is just great. Jamie batting or what? Kicking a thousand? Kicking a thousand. Kicking a thousand. Jamie needs a gift for Secret Santa. <laughs> he didn't want to read the email. He didn't read the email because the title was Secret Santa and he didn't want to ruin the surprise. Yep. And even Rebecca goes, oh, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, dumb, handsome Jamie. <laughs> and he, so they give him a bottle of booze, which mm -hmm. much like elves in an assembly line that we've all witnessed before, they wrap that bottle of booze. Listen, it's brilliant teamwork. They're showing like everybody is just a well-oiled machine That's there. a good point. It's one yeah. of those, they're showing us that yeah. everyone gets along. Mm -hmm. And what does Jamie say when he looks at this bottle and realizes it's been gifted to him to give to someone else? God bless me. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Beard, Beard goes, said, mutters something under his breath like, oh my oh goodness. Boy. Yeah, yeah, it's just so great. And then we go to a claymation intro, which yeah. was uh, very similar to another show we love. Yeah, the very first time like I saw this, I'm like, it reminded me of Community because Community yeah. did a Christmas episode um, that was entirely claymation. I right. Think at the very, very end, you see like the reflection in the TV, and then it's the actual actors. But um, it seemed like the claymation or whatever they were using was almost maybe even the same studio. But uh, very it was similar. Yeah. yeah, I had the same exact thought when it came on. Was that um, it looked just like community. And I started to think, I wonder if there's like, because sometimes you get like producers or staff writers mm -hmm. that, you know, go from one show to the other and they bring those types of ideas. 
I didn't look into it though. I'm just gonna assume everyone from Community came over. I did. I did search it though on the internet to see if it was like the same studio, and of course, I found myself on a Reddit thread as you usually do. Sure. Um, and there were other people making the same reference. So okay. Seeing it through Community's eyes. So. Oh, it's nice that we're not alone. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> yep. Brings such warmth in this Christmas time. <laughs> Keely is at her house. She's preparing for sexy Christmas. <laughs> uh, she looks fantastic. Uh, just looks great. Um, <laughs> Roy arrives, and they do this thing where Roy arrives with Phoebe. Phoebe runs in. She's upset. Roy doesn't even really look at. He has like presents or boxes, right. and he just and the whole time you're like, is he gonna look at her? Is he gonna look at her? Because he's missing something here. So he's like putting things down. He's talking about now Phoebe's mom, who uh, must be a doctor, I guess, because she's got called into surgery yeah i think they might have like had a throwaway line maybe in the first season that that mentioned that um which is why like roy watches her more so than right maybe a normal uncle would then roy has finally looks at keely and has the appropriate response <laughs> and we find out that phoebe is upset and i thought it was because she wasn't spending it with her mom but then mm -hmm. we find out she's been upset for like a week yes yeah, and which... we get into that a little bit later, which is fun. <laughs> this cuts to the Higgins family, and they're doing a gift exchange. It's just their family at this point. Yep. And there's some pictures around the house. Yeah, man. It's like the, it's setting the scene here, so it's letting us know we're at the the Higgins domain, and it's going through different like family pictures and stuff. And of course, it stops at a kitty cat, and on the kitty cat's picture, it says Cindy Clawford. And it's like, R.I.P. Cindy Clawford. Cindy Clawford. Cindy Clawford and Earl Grey, the old dog. They're <laughs> that, both... Did we ever make that uh, connection, by the way? What? Earl the Greyhound, Earl Grey T. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I assumed that I was I don't the... think I made it. Oh, okay. My wife told it to me today, and I gave her food. I was like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good catch. So... Wonderful. No, I. that was where my mind went. I'm a big, as you know, big mud water connoisseur. <laughs> One of the kids gets a surfboard, Tom. <laughs> One of the kids in Higgins' family who lives in London gets a surfboard. Where is this kid surfing? I mean, like London or like Great Britain, it's an it's an island, right? But I don't know if it's known for big waves. They got to get some to be able to surf, right? Okay, so you think he's he's surfing locally? Sure. Here's what I thought upon, like that surfboard is given as a gift to be used later as a table. That's like. <laughs> The whole purpose. <laughs> we need something long that we could stand up to right. feed more people. Exactly. <laughs> there's Because you noticed it's part of the table. Did you notice oh, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later yeah, okay. on when it pans. So we need our British audience to yes. chime in here. Yeah, we need some people to tell us what kind of surfing is happening over Great Britain. Yep. And does uh, a young man who lives in London, in Richmond, uh, need a surfboard? Is he surfing on the Thames is my question. <laughs> like, when do they lower the drawbridge really hard and that makes waves? Mm, maybe. And then they surf on those waves. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's called something. Sam arrives early. <laughs> he's like, I was in the neighborhood and I need to use the restroom. <laughs> and he's like really early, it seems an like. An hour. It was an hour early. Oh, was it yep. an hour early? Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's good to see Sam. And they briefly bring up Air Dubai. He's like, sorry about that. One of the kids is like, bleep air Dubai. Yeah, and he's like, thanks for standing up for him, man. That was awesome. And then we have a really weird, awkward exchange where like the son curses very heavily. Sure. And like Sam doesn't know how to respond. So he looks to Higgins and then Higgins curses back. But like Higgins kind of like, I don't know if he was doing it 
to try to like connect with his son. He seemed uncomfortable. Sure. Everybody seemed sure. uncomfortable. It was great. I'm just more comfortable when no one in a family ever swears, unless <laughs> it's like an older grandparent whose mind is going and focus drifts. That's okay. They okay. can swear whenever they want because that's funny. <laughs> then we're with Ted and Henry on FaceTime. Ted receives what, Tom? He receives the world's tiniest dartboard. And what is this a callback to? This is a call to his affinity for darts and his uh, um, hustling of Rupert back in season one. Yeah, do you think Ted told Henry that story? He's like, hey, there was this rich jerk <laughs> and I essentially hustled him in darts. I think he just knows his dad likes darts. That's like Ted fair. mentioned, he played it a lot when he was younger, but maybe he still played it occasionally with uh, Henry. I guess it's not that hard to have a dartboard in your house. Maybe <laughs> no. they have one yeah. at their house. <laughs> But I do appreciate this is one of these gifts, like when you're a kid, it's so hard to buy for your your like parent because yeah. for one, you don't have much money. And two, <laughs> like they probably like, I don't know. And, and the gifts, you always find them like in that one rack as you're leaving Ross or you're leaving yeah. a store uh -huh. and they're like $10 and they're just weird, cheap. Like I once got my dad a notepad that had like a suction cup. So he could like stick it in his car to take notes. <laughs> What's my dad taking notes in a car for? Like, I don't know. And why is he writing while he's in a car? Like texting and driving is dangerous, let alone with a pen and pencil. Yeah, he wasn't a detective. It's not <laughs> like he's running around there like, or he's not a writer. It's not like he's writing down book ideas. The best gift I ever got my dad was, my dad's a big coffee drinker. Mm -hmm. I got him these stirring spoons that were dipped in chocolate. So that when you stirred your coffee with your spoon, mm. the chocolate would melt into your coffee. Now, here's a great story about my dad. My dad <laughs> only drinks his coffee black. He never puts anything into it. So he uh, wouldn't tell me this, but I know for a fact he did not use those spoons. Oh, well, that's kind of what uh, Richard's date does. Doesn't she kind of use some kind of like chocolate covered pretzel to spin her? Uh, I didn't even I didn't even notice Richard's date. <laughs> okay. Didn't even passed right by me uh no she was a, a beautiful woman and higgins kid was really into her which yes great anyways so he gets a tiny dartboard that doesn't really work reminded me of all the cheap dad gifts i would always get my dad like ties i think that was my go-to i didn't go to the rack i know exactly what we were saying they 100 percent have the rack which is just garbage stuff that gets right. thrown away in six months but i think i'd always get my dad ties i would always give him the super ugly ties that i know he would wear just because it, hey i got it for my son right but he probably hated wearing right them. Henry gets a drone, mm. which we then promptly lose Henry to said drone. <laughs> yeah, which I think it's funny. He doesn't say it here. He says it in the window mm. to Rebecca mm -hmm. is that I lost Henry to like an overpriced guilt gift. Essentially, yeah. I'm not home. Like I want the boy to have a good Christmas. So I, I don't know, spent a lot of money on yeah, it. Like lost his own hubris or something like that. Did right. Say, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Michelle's still alive. Someone's got to take care of Henry. Michelle's still alive. All right. Moving then on. <laughs> Roy, Roy and Phoebe and Keely are trying to figure out why Phoebe is upset. Roy says, did one of the Paw Patrol talks die? Why does the show hate animals so much? Like, there's so much, like, talk of animal death and, and not even just talk. There's some showing of animal death. And oh, it's just, man. it's a lot. It's Did a lot. one of the Paw Patrol dogs die? It's such a great joke. Thank now, you, Julian, Roy. You have kids. Can you name some Paw Patrols? Some Paw Patrol pups. Uh, uh, Marshall. Okay. Marshall is the fire dog. Okay. Who's the police dog? The police. Who's the leader. The police dog's name. He's on the case. Uh, Chase. Nice. Okay. 
And then uh, Sky is the pink dog that flies. Yep. The Rocky is Rocky the yellow Rocky, dog. Rocky is he's like a the he's, construction dog. And he's not a construction dog. Rocky's like the environmental dog who's in a handful of episodes. Oh, I thought he was like the search and rescue dog. Who's the search and rescue like yellow dog? I thought uh, that was Rocky. That's Zuma. Zuma's Zuma? a search and rescue. Yeah, he has like a uh, he goes in the water. Oh, okay. There's and then uh, the construction dog is. Uh, trying to think of the rhyming thing. We for bring you. all this up to let you know that once we're done with season two of Ted Lasso, <laughs> we'll be doing a rewatch podcast on Paw Patrol, starting with season one, which, for those of you that didn't see it, is pretty shocking. <laughs> it really is. Really shocking. Uh, um, Rubble. Rubble is the last dog you're looking for. Okay, thank you. Good you're job. I'm, the audience needed to know that. Listen, we probably have some audience members that have some kids. We all had a good time. What are we going to do for trivia at the end of this season since we've already <laughs> used all our Paw Patrol trivia? We find out that a boy named Bernard was mean to Phoebe. And Roy, during this whole exchange, oh, is just so great. So many reactions He's and noises. Like, What's his name? Where does he live? Yeah. And Keely constantly is like, listen, you're not going to murder a child. I was going to murder him. He was just going to probably beat him up a little bit. Oh, man. It was so great. <laughs> and we find out, so we find out that Bernard got Phoebe toothpaste mouthwash. And I was like, Oh, that's a nice gift for a kid. I was kind of like, oh, you know, you don't know what to get a classmate, so you get him something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe this is just going to be like a mistaken, like Phoebe took this as an uh, insult. Okay. But it was actually a nice gift. Nope. Bernard told everyone that Phoebe's breath was terrible, and that's why he got it for her. And there is some great bad uh, bad smell acting that goes on during her this. breath her breath can't be that bad can't be that bad i love oh, how so upset good. roy gets after keely's like i'm sorry i couldn't do it she like coughs to the side um he's <laughs> like oh she's already having a hard enough time like come on you're, you're a grown woman you can hold it in and then of course roy goes there he's like i've been in locker rooms for 20 years i've i believe me i smelt worse and then his just subtle eye work or his eyes kind of like twitch and then of course what is what is his line what does he say he goes I think you might be dying. <laughs> and they jump to, they think it's medical very quickly. And yeah. I was like, I don't know that I would have gone there. I would well, have been like, oh, this is... I mean, if it's that much where you're like, as a grown adult, can't kind of hold it in and you're kind of like, gagging, no. you're doing a Higgins, if you will. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say that it's a medical thing. That I needs certainly to would have made that kid brush its, brush his teeth or brush her teeth and done the mouthwash <laughs> and then been like, oh, Sorry. And <laughs> then okay. I would have been like, oh, uh, actually, maybe we do need to. Yep. And Roy goes, all right, we're going to go door to door <laughs> in this posh neighborhood. And if we don't find a dentist in 10 houses, you each get a thousand quid, <laughs> which is just great. <laughs> and that sets up their adventure. That sets up their adventure. They're off. Sam, we cut back to Higgins' house. Sam's playing with Higgins' kid. Uh, he explains to him that Santa is real uh, and that Santa's ability is not necessarily his speed, but his endurance because mm -hmm. he delivers these presents throughout the world. There's different time zones. So really he doesn't do it in one night. It's kind of spread over this period. Yeah. It made sense. It made me believe again, Tom. Did it? It made me believe again. I feel like the use of him saying like it's speed by, uh, over and, or no, sorry, it's not his speed. It's his endurance. 
Maybe we'll get something later in the season that does some kind of like endurance thing. Endurance for speed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to. Okay. Because that can tie back to soccer very easily. You know, it, I, I believe it can. And I was like, oh, did I miss something? But I don't think we're going to come back to it, Tom. That's my prediction. Listen, the next episode is going to be like, uh, uh, they're going to be already in the Premier League. They're going to have won three titles. We're going to have another big time jump. And they're going to they're gonna be known as the endurance team, not the speed team. <laughs> yep. A lot of endurance. I was listening to my child shout at the neighbor children uh, about, no, that's wrong, he is. No, that's wrong, he is. And I thought, well, I'm going to ignore this because they're kids. And then that kid came inside and said, Mom, is Santa real? <laughs> and we were like, oh, no, she's seven. What do we do here? And uh, she goes, Dad, is Santa real? And I was like, that's a question for your mother. (laughs) So I dimed it off on her. And my wife goes, do you think he's real? Mm, Turn it around. And she goes, yes. Wait, no. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And we were like, "Uh, okay, let's have dinner. (laughs) So uh, we don't know where she's at right now, but she is uh, wrestling with that debate. Listen, I'm with Sam, man. Santa's real. I don't know if you saw the end of this episode. Santa's real. Oh, that is... Yeah, I've got some thoughts on that. We'll discuss it. Danny Rojas, our man, Rojas, 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 arrives with some other teammates, uh, Richard and a date, Mm -hmm. uh, which is just a funny running gag where Higgins' kid is infatuated with this woman. Yep, it's like opens the door, sees her in, and then stares at her in another seat. Yeah, we'll say he's 12 or 13, uh, maybe. He's like Nora. He's in that uh, that sweet spot of adolescence. Sure. <laughs> Jan of Holland shows up, and sort of so does Zorro. And mm-hmm. uh, already we're way past the two that Higgins thought he was gonna get. Yeah, super excited. Sad music time. Mm. Ted drinking alone. So, like the the shot starts on his empty whiskey glass, and then him pouring more into it. Oh, is there a sweeter sound than <laughs> liquor hitting a glass? I think not. What's Ted watching, Tom? He's watching It's a Wonderful Life. And I knew of the movie, but I am remiss to say I have never seen this film. That's right, Tom. He's watching It's a Wonderful Life. Have you ever seen It's a Wonderful Life, Tom? Nope. Again, have still have not seen it. Is it a good movie? Have you seen it, Tom? I haven't seen it since we last spoke about it five seconds ago. Okay. But have you seen it? I, oh, thank you, Tom. <laughs> this is how conversation's done. I have seen It's a Wonderful Life, and it's a wonderful movie. They time this part, so you haven't seen the movie. No. So I guess I can explain. George Bailey, who is played by Jimmy Stewart, has like a critical, you know, moment in the beginning where everything's gone wrong. He is, uh, you know, essentially uh, having issues with family. Uh, I think his kid is sick. There's some financial stuff. Uh, He's on a bridge, and you can tell he is thinking about jumping off. He's in, like, the pits of despair. And what ends up happening is there is a splash, and it's not Jimmy Stewart jumping. It's Mm -hmm. someone else going over into the water, and Jimmy Stewart fishes that person out. Mm -hmm. And we find out it's this older gentleman, and I believe his name is Clarence. And Clarence turns out to be someone that is trying to essentially guide Jimmy Stewart to find out like what life would be like without him. Hmm. So like all and and so it's essentially like how his life has positively affected people and like how those people would be 
lesser or in a worse situation if he didn't exist. Isn't that kind of uh, Scrooge? Or not, am I saying Scrooge? What's uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Isn't that kind of thing? Like he goes and sees the three ghosts and they kind of show him what life would be if he wasn't there. I don't know. Well, that one is he sees uh, past present and future present and future and it's just about like decisions he made and okay. like how they affected his life this one they go through like an alternate reality of hey if you didn't exist like you're contemplating not existing or like forcing yourself out of existence gotcha which is a really polite way of saying that so it's like the marvel multiverse before the marvel multiverse right when batman <laughs> and robin uh attack uh <laughs> thoris thanus yeah Thanos. I love you trying to come up with comic book <laughs> characters on the fly. Uh, anyways, so but we're we're seeing you. You recommend it's a wonderful life. I would recommend it's a wonderful life. It's like a uh, a movie about um, like how even though you don't think you make a positive impact on people, mm -hmm. you can and you do. Uh, and you know things get better. Life is worth living. I don't mean to say that cavalierly but uh, yeah it's, it's it definitely true. gets real heavy here because ted's kind of watching you don't know where ted's uh, frame of reference is in here and uh right yeah. i think he expected to be facetiming with his kid a lot longer than he was now he's just sitting alone drinking in a foreign country and they time the movie the clatter of rebecca throwing something at the window mm -hmm. to the splash um of Clarence going into the water. So yeah. like, and that is like the turning point. We go from like, he's in a pit of despair to a turning point. And so you can kind of see in this show, it's like, this is both. Ted's lowest part. Yep. And then Rebecca, a friend, reaches out. And so uh, Rebecca has written what in the snow? And, and what did she use? She uses tinsel. It's a lot of tinsel okay. on this. Like I think um, uh, there's a boatload in Higgins house. Uh, but yeah, she writes, hi, Ted, which is a callback to when the team did the high boss. Right, yeah. on the field. Mm -hmm uh she saw it or we felt it what was the or whatever they said yeah she she felt it we spelt it anyways rebecca's in a super sweet newsy hat uh yeah, which like her she like she should have like tipped it to him when he uh opened the window <laughs> but there's also a call to this like the christmas story he opens the shutters oh, it's okay. kind of like scrooge hey what day is it oh mm -hmm. it's christmas day and he's like oh i haven't missed it i'm not dead but i'm still rich that sort of thing <laughs> She invites him to join her. We don't know what for. And Ted is drinking in a Santa hat. And she mm -hmm. says, keep the hat. It'll be a nice touch. Yep. Did you have any idea what adventure they were about to embark on? I didn't. I had no idea. I, I assumed that uh, they were just going to take her or uh, Rebecca was going to take Ted along to the Elton John adventure. Yeah, I thought they were either going to go to the party or I assumed they were going directly to Higgins' house. But mm. uh, they're walking through the village and we run into a group of buskers which are the street performers. Have you ever heard that term before? I have not, unless they refer to that guy in season one, and I don't remember his name, forgive me, the guy that eventually plays the charity. Yeah. I thought they called him a busker. Did they? But I don't I'm remember. Wrong. Yeah, I don't remember hearing in the first, but yeah, when I looked it up, like if you look up the definition, it's literally just like a, a street performer that kind of, you know, plays for the passion and looking for tips and all that kind of stuff. But these street performers are on point. Like, yeah, they're, they're really, really good. Um, they were playing a lovely song, and this brings up 
Ted's like, oh, I love the buskers in this country. Have you ever seen the movie Once? Mm -hmm. Tom, have you ever seen the movie Once? I've seen the trailer for it. Uh, I've never seen the movie, but I just watched the trailer because um, I heard it referenced, and it seemed like a... Have, oh, I'll ask you. Have you seen it before? I've seen it. You I've have. seen it several okay. times. As Ted said, it was so good, <laughs> I saw it more than once. Did or, you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I saw, the, I saw the trailer, and the trailer, like, it looked very good and very, like, powerful musically and stuff, which I'm sure that's that's the key of the movie. Because um, he's a busker, right? Like the lead guy. Yeah, he's trying to make it in the music business. So like day to day, he plays on the street yeah. in, in London. And it has a song called Falling Slowly, which is like a very beautiful song. And uh, when you learn guitar, it's one of the songs you try to learn. Is it from that? Early. Is that like an original from that uh, movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. The movie itself, I don't know if it started as a play or became a play, but it's very musical and the other thing about it is the people in it are not necessarily i think they're musicians first before being actors. actors yeah yeah the, the trailer i watched seemed like very indie like like i think it won a lot of yeah. awards at cans and film festivals because there's a lot of like kind of shaky cam kind of footage and all that right. kind of stuff on the streets of seemingly new york right yeah. no, no 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 they're in they're in europe they're in london oh I it's think. oh it yeah. is okay that makes more sense and so, yeah, uh, I mean, I would recommend It's a Wonderful Life once, and then you mentioned Shaky Cam, uh, wrap it up with the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, or, or Cloverfield. Or Cloverfield. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, it's yeah. a good matinee. You watch all those together. All four of them on one <laughs> on Christmas Day. <laughs> Rebecca's driving herself, which I guess I didn't realize, like, Ted brings it up, but we do yeah. always see her getting into the Rolls Royce with a driver. So yeah. she's driving around, obviously, on her own. Range Rover. Range Rover. Mm. Very nice. Then we find ourselves with Roy, Phoebe, and Keeley wandering the posh neighborhood. <laughs> and they go to a house. A little boy answers. And Phoebe's embarrassed. She's like, I don't want to do this. And then we get a story from Roy uh, <laughs> where he talks about having a bunch of ice cream and going on a bus, even though he doesn't Harry, ha handle dairy very well. <laughs> and he like poops his pants. <laughs> and Keely has a great moment where she's like, finished the story. And three he, weeks ago. Three <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> and this, this, uh, uh, gives the boy in the door, the courage to admit that yeah. he also sometimes poops his pants. Did this remind you of anything? No, not really. This reminded me of, uh, Billy Madison. Okay. Where he's like, pee in your pants is the coolest. Oh. Like, because Billy Madison does the same thing. The kid pees his pants, sure. really sees it, and he's like, hey, man, this kid's super embarrassed. Like, let me pour some water on my pants and, you know, get this kid out of a, a rough situation. So, again, it was good. It's just, like, the way it shows Roy where he is just a very brunt and not probably the greatest uh, adult figure for a lot of these kids, but he has a good heart. Right. And he's doing that with this kid. Right. And you get a look to Keeley where Keeley's like, you know, um, like, yeah, this is this is why I love this guy. Right. And he <laughs> says to the boy, he's like, all right, well, how about together we yeah. work on this <laughs> yeah. and try to stop doing it? The boy's like, okay, sure. <laughs> I'll stop pooping my pants. I feel like the boy's going to stop pooping his pants before Roy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to pass up ice cream. That's true. When and you get older. pass up on ice cream. <laughs> I, you, you are correct. Um, then we're back at uh, the Higgins house. They're having a Nerf war. And oh. this actually kind of reminded me of Community again because of yeah. the paintball episodes. But they're doing like a very, it's not like as action packed, but they're doing a very serious, like 
it's the music war. like the music is going oh, yeah, yeah. yeah like the way they're filming it, it's like a tight cam which they don't really do much on this show right and so we get to see rojas and zorro uh flexing their <laughs> action movie muscle here and they're going back and forth it's like they're their final moments in um or it's from uh butch cassidy the sundance kid yeah. right before the it's ending the last stand. and uh <laughs> just a funny like the music the way they do it is funny and then their final moments before higgins kid comes <laughs> out and he's like eat nerf <laughs> and, and they're both getting up like they're like all right we're gonna turn and we're gonna go this other way and right. the kid comes from the other side Sneak attack, yeah. fantastic. Another, and then we cut from there to find Higgins' other kid infatuated with Richard's date, mm -hmm. and the other guys are kind of noticing. Uh, she's there, the I think the boy, and she's very obviously very beautiful, and uh, they're like, "Hey, Richard, why did you bring a date to the team Christmas party?" Yeah. And his line is just awesome. Yeah, it's delivered better in French, but I'll give it a shot. He's like. Uh, the French think that having a beautiful woman around is always a good thing. <laughs> I'm going to get that on a bumper sticker and uh, have it just be Richard number, whatever he is from the Greyhounds. This is why I married my wife. <sighs> yeah, that's true. She is very French. Um, <laughs> Ashley. Um, more players show up and the, uh, I guess, once again, is the amount of people showing up, is this proof that they love Higgins? That they love, like, spending time as a team? Like, what did you get from this? Because they just keep coming in, and the expectation, which they said at the beginning, is, you know, we're likely going to see two. I bet it's kind of like a domino thing. I think when you have a lot of these players that are are foreigners to United Kingdom and aren't going home, it's it's... It's got to be tough for these footballers, too, because they can't really go home if they have this game the next day. Right. Because, like we mentioned, like all these top football clubs are playing the next day. So I'm sure one or two of them said, like, hey, I'm going to go to Higgins. And maybe it was Sam uh, and Danny. And the rest of them like, yeah, like we love Higgins. This is going to be a good time. Right. Um, and, like, obviously what they do later about all these different cultures and traditions and stuff uh, kind of coming together, I think it just plays beautifully. And it makes for such a great Christmas episode. Yeah, I took this as a mix of the team likes to spend time together because obviously, like, they have had people from other countries on the team before, but mm -hmm. still he's only had two at his house. Yeah. But something has changed True. where they like spending time together, like Higgins has become a real person and not just, I don't know, a buffoon yeah. or whatever it is. <laughs> and he's, like, super nice to these guys. One of the things we didn't mention um, is it's cool that, like everyone that shows up has a dish and a lot of times <laughs> yeah. it's like a cultural dish. Yep. Someone shows up, I think it might've been Sam. He's like, Oh, this is a common dish made with goat. Yep. He's like, for you guys, I did it with chicken. And Higgins like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But then later on during the meal, someone passes us out and he's like, Oh, you did it with goat. Oh, and he's did? like, Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't yeah. Hear it. That's so, good. It's pretty funny. It is funny though. Cause yeah, it's like traditional, but every dish that they bring is all shot the same. They all have a generic like glass bowl with uh tinfoil tinfoil yeah, tin lid it's great <laughs> what can you expect they're footballers i don't know what they do in hey listen i'm impressed that all these footballers actually made their own meals right like, yeah brought something if it was me i'd bring like a taco bell box well if it was me i'd take whatever <laughs> bottle of booze i got at the uh secret santa and share show it? up with that not share it just show <laughs> okay. up with it <laughs> so then we have rebecca and ted <laughs> Little, so they knock on someone's door and i mean it looks like it's not the greatest of neighborhoods mm -hmm. they knock on the door uh a little girl opens up she's black 
she says something like, Mom, there's two there's two white people at the door. They're both smiling at me. Which yeah. <laughs> is just a funny line. That actress does a great job. Um, Rebecca goes into, and I like that she doesn't tell Ted what they're doing. Yeah. She kind of hands him the Santa bag. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure he's clued in as they're walking up to the door, but I thought this was very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebecca tells the girl that she found, she works for Santa. She found the kid's list. And she's here to deliver the presents. And uh, then Ted gets involved. Yeah, and then Ted says, like, and he's just, boom, right? Johnny on the spot. He's ready to go. And he ad-libs he's his little He's got reasons bit. why they're late. Yeah, yeah exactly. all that stuff. Um, I was expecting one or two presents to come out of that bag, Tom. <laughs> As was I, yeah. Like, he just hands the entire Santa sack worth of gifts. To seemingly this one girl. Sure. Like, maybe she has brothers and sisters she's going to share this with, but brothers and sisters didn't write no cute note. Sure. Uh, if you actually look at the note, too, I paused it. Uh, she's very adorably asks, you know, hey, Santa, if you can please, I've been good all year. And then she asked specifically for a rabbit that glows in the dark. So I'm assuming hopefully one of those gifts is a rabbit that glows in the dark. That's great. I didn't see any holes in the gifts, so it's probably not a real, real rabbit. rabbit right. um, but maybe a toy one. Good, cute. good, good, good. Uh, what I wanted to happen is that as they walked away, Rebecca to be like, Ted, the whole bag wasn't for <laughs> yeah. her. Because they didn't talk about it prior to. She's going to be like, Ted, only a couple of those <laughs> yeah. presents were hers. The rest were for the neighbor kid. That would have been great. That would have been great. Uh, one thing I noticed, and this is just from personal experience, is like Ted obviously was like, I mean, feeling sorry for himself. He was alone. Mm-hmm. Like he's in a crappy situation. And you can see almost immediately when he's like ad-libbing and giving the gifts over that like he is instantly cheered up. Yeah. Like, and in that exchange, he's not getting anything. Like Mm -hmm. he's not the kid getting the gifts. And one thing I've noticed just kind of uh, like as a general lifeism, like if you feel like super alone, if you feel like sad and you have the strength or opportunity to do it, like going out and like volunteering or like being a, in a sense, like a servant or like to someone else who is mm-hmm. in like maybe a worse situation or a similar situation. Like it gives you a sense of purpose and it makes you feel better. And yeah. that's just something I like I, I've had to think about in life, like uh, as someone who is melancholy and mm-hmm. like skews towards uh, a little bit sad. um, I have often thought, you know what, if I volunteer or give myself a little bit, mm-hmm. and this makes me sound like uh, a saint, <laughs> or, or and that is not my, I'm not saying I'm, I do this well. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I have found in life that uh, if you like serve others, it makes you feel good and, and it can kind of bring you out of a funk. Um, no, I appreciate you saying that because I think that's what this episode is, is trying to show us. I mean, again, it was very heavy handed with the, uh, like what Ted was going through and, right. and watching his wonderful life and, and kind of that. So I, I appreciate you saying that. That's because that's, that's huge. And I think this also kind of gives us to really seeing the real Rebecca. Like we kind of saw in season one, like Sassy kind of said, like you haven't seen the real Rebecca mm-hmm. yet. And now we kind of see that like Rebecca didn't just start doing this this year. She's been doing it for a long time. She kind of took last year off because she was dealing with all of her Rupert stuff. But you see Rebecca you know, she's wealthy, but she gives her time um, and she does these extra things, goes the extra mile when she doesn't have to. Um, so I thought that's great for her character, too. Great point. And one of the things she said, and if you like, you've got to catch it in there, she says, I didn't do this last year because I was too busy, like plotting. Yeah. And it like essentially she was trying to like put like 
or like I guess get revenge on Rupert mm-hmm. by bringing on Ted. Like she was plotting. So like something like revenge, like that takes effort, and <laughs> that essentially something that is e- not evil, but like not good, mm-hmm. took away from something that was good that could have happened. So it's like energy spent on a negative rather than energy spent on a positive. I think that's a Newton law. I don't know. I'm not a science <laughs> yeah. science guy. Science scienceman. Science Doctor Science. They call me. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it, and this stuff's always just fun to to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, lots of door doorbell ringing yeah. at this point. We got a montage. <laughs> we got a montage on our hands, and it plays along with um, the. The Christmas Carol with all the bells. Yep. Oh, What's yeah. it called, Tom? The what, Carol. Is it Carol the bells. Carol. Oh, Carol the. Is that the song? Is that the song? Carol oh. of the bells. Uh, sure. Oh, oh, the name of the episode. I'm sorry. I was thinking like the is the name of the song they're playing in the background. Carol the bells. Tom, and... we're either going to be really wrong or really <laughs> right. I think the song is called Carol of the bells. Okay. Which is happening while they are ringing bells in an episode called Carol of the bells. Got it. You nailed it. If we are wrong. Don't email us. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sleep really well tonight <laughs> making that connection. <laughs> Roy, <laughs> they're going up to the last, we find out it's the last house. So house number 10. Mm-hmm. Keely's excited because she's about to get 10,000 quid. Yep. And so is. Uh, well, Keely's like, either we're going to figure out how to solve your rancid mouth. <laughs> sure. Or we're going to get 10,000 quid a piece. And then, yeah, uh, Phoebe's like, yeah, that's like a, a month's worth of swear jar. <laughs> And Roy, as he's going up the stairs, goes, wait one second, I have to fix my knee, but he says it in British. And then he, like, slaps it on the side, and there's this horrible cracking noise, and his knee is in good. This immediately made me think, is this how you fix your drinker's knees? No, no. I just drink water and not alcohol, and it helps a bit. Um, but I did have that have that thought. Um, I love the way. The yeah, I love the way this lady opens the door. She's like, opens the door. He's like, Hey, are you Roy Kent? It's like, Yeah. Are you a dentist? He's like, Yeah. All right, we're coming in. <laughs> He's like, May we come in? As he walks through yep. the door, which is so great. We find out that Phoebe's breath is so bad because they adopted a cat. Did you catch the cat's name? Uh, it's like is... Penelope or Daphne or something. I don't know. Daphne. 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 Yeah. The cat. Um, not as good as Cindy Crawford. No, that's for sure. No. And she's taking. Uh, I guess she's allergic to the cat, so she's then taking, an- or she has some sort of antihistamine or whatever for yeah, it. Yeah, taking antihistamine. It's an odd thing to like. I don't know. You figure you would. I mean, it's a kid, so maybe you didn't know at that point. But if your kid is allergic to cats, then getting them a cat. Because a kid is going to create a bond with this thing very, very quickly. She does the thing where she says, we adopted the cat, but I like to think that the... Like, we rescued the cat, but I like to think the cat rescued us. (laughs) Which is like a bumper sticker. (laughs) And she says it, and... The fact that none of the three adults in the room groaned, <laughs> I was like, oh, Roy would be rolling his eyes at that. She call, I think she calls the cat her soulmate. Right. We are soulmates. But that actress is so, like, good at it. Yeah. And so, like, pure and lovely that she, she's like, I think he rescued us, which was a great <laughs> line. Uh, Roy wants to get rid of the cat. He's like, all right, well, we'll solve this. We'll no problem. No bad for a month. 
Keely, once again, is like Roy's constant buffer. Mm -hmm. She comes in and she's like, it's okay. You know, your uncle is not a monster. <laughs> he would never suggest that you get rid of your cat. Certainly not on Christmas. Uh, and so they then ask her for some sort of medication. Um, I love the way Keely says it. It's like, it's like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to give away to your cat because it's like 21st century and we have like science and stuff. She's like, science is real. Yeah. Science is real. <laughs> this is a great line. And then we find out we do one of those reveals where they're the way it's shot, you think it's just her, the doctor, or the dentist, <laughs> yep. um, Keely and Roy and Phoebe. But then apparently from like behind where that camera is, yep. they are at Christmas dinner <laughs> and we have ourselves that ussy guy yeah. that I could do without, but he <laughs> showed up on Christmas. I thought it was great. I thought the guy delivers it really well. Uh, and, he, and of course, Roy thinks he wants a, an ussy with him, <laughs> with <Roy. laughs> but it's not. He wants one with Keely. Uh, which was a great line. Then he says, like, you know, she was a seminal figure throughout my teenage years. <laughs> and Roy's like, let's do it. Let's take the picture in front of the but tree. tree. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Yeah. Then we uh, go from there to Higgins' house. Uh, the whole team uh, is just, they do the pan along the table, I think, at this point. Yeah, where it we starts find with Higgins at the end. Yep. Yeah, draws all the way back, yeah. That's where we see the surfboard being used for the first and only time <laughs> in, in this house, that surfboard. Maybe they're just mounting it to a wall. Maybe it's a decorative surfboard. <laughs> I don't know. Um, But they have Christmas crackers. Yeah, so what are Christmas crackers, Tom? Yeah, have you ever seen this or heard this? So, like, as they're panning by the table, you're kind of getting a glimpse of all the different traditions and stuff. Like, I think some of the guys are wearing these interesting kind of crown hats that I'm sure have some tradition or whatever. Um, but a lot of them are popping these, like, Oh, presents. they're pulling on the thing. Yeah. So I did not... I don't think I understood what they were doing. Yeah, so, like, watching it the first time, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Watching it again, I'm like, they're all of them are doing it. And I seemingly, you grab each, so it's like a cylindrical gift uh, that's wrapped, and they're apparently called Christmas crackers. That's okay. what, they're, what they're called. And you start pulling them from each side the way it's wrapped, and it's kind of like a wishbone, I think. Whichever side gets, like, the majority of the gift, then they get to keep the gift. Oh. And it's, like, basic, like, it's, like, little kind of throwaway gifts or gag gift kind of things. Uh, but it's apparently something that's popular in the UK and around the area. Classic Christmas tradition where the strongest gets the gift. <laughs> yes. And so you are able to take a gift from another person. I don't know if it's This strange. is my favorite Christmas tradition where you fight for presents. All the presents are free for all. The strongest person gets them. That's how we did it as kids. Never got a present. <laughs> <laughs> Never got a present once. It's like Festivus, but like that was it a pull of strength or feats of strength <laughs> or something. Strength, the airing of grievances. Yes. I always wanted to do an airing of grievances. Uh -huh. I got a lot of things to say about you people. All right, uh, Roy gets Phoebe. Can I? Some... Can I yeah, mention though? So yeah. before you, you go, whatever you want, Tom. It's your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Half of mine, because um, I got this half in the divorce. Um... <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, but I, I really assumed at a certain point we were going to get Jamie coming in. I felt it was odd that Jamie was by himself. I, I mean, we have established that Jamie obviously has family in London with, in Manchester. So you assume Jamie's with his family. But I assumed at one, a, a certain point Jamie's going to come in and be a part of this. But he does that one little bit in the beginning of the episode. And he is MIA. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about it. He yeah. doesn't show up at the house. Yeah. Huh. Okay, yeah. I didn't think about it, but now that you've brought it up, it would have been nice to have. Yeah, I don't think there's that much there. to read into. It's it's not like he just was probably with his family, but they didn't want to 
there's other stuff going on in the show that they didn't bring in Jamie. He's probably visiting other teams, trying to get <laughs> on a different uh, different football squad. Roy uh, gets Phoebe her medication. They're outside like a pharmacy on Christmas Day. The guy is clearly not happy. And after paying for the medication, he <laughs> asked the guy for poster boards and markers. Mm -hmm. Did you have any idea what was going to happen at this point? At that point, I hadn't drawn the conclusion yet. Uh, but I do want to ask, how did Roy get this guy to open up his pharmacy? I'm assuming he went to 10 more houses. <laughs> he was like, say. listen, double or nothing. If we find a pharmacy owner <laughs> in the next 10 houses, you guys get 2,000 quid. Yeah. It was I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I mean, I don't even know if Walgreens or CVS is open on Christmas. I'm assuming some poor sap gets stuck with that uh, shift. But um, listen, not everybody celebrates Christmas, man. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's good. Yeah, certainly the people that made this show don't because they think it's Santa's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ted and Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca is doing this because she knows. Well, she lets Ted know. She, mm -hmm. she She's doing this because she knows how hard it is uh, to have the first Christmas like after a divorce when you're all alone. And and we're what? just assuming this was happened in the first season. We didn't obviously have a Christmas episode, but she probably had to deal with Christmas alone and, and then the hardships of it, right? Yeah, she's freshly divorced was, too. Would he have been... No, he would have come after Christmas the season prior, right? Because he showed up mid-season as the coach. Uh, Ted? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, our assumption is that prior to, well, I don't know that it was that Christmas because, well, I guess the, the divorce was relatively fresh. Either way, it's still fresh in Rebecca's mind. Right. I don't have to dissect the exact dates, but it's, it's certainly fresh in Rebecca that she knows how difficult it can be to, to be alone, especially for Ted, who's not only alone, but alone in a foreign country. Right. And I think it's nice that she knows Ted well enough that, like, Rather than take him to a party mm -hmm. or somewhere else, she took him on like this charity run where mm -hmm. they're, and I think he would, he probably had a better time doing this oh, yeah. than he would have at, I've never been, I've never watched Daniel Craig and Rachel Weisz do puppets <laughs> or bang, uh, but. I prefer the latter. <laughs> I, I would assume he had a better time giving kids presents yeah oh i agree um, as someone who just gave their kid presents for their birthday it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah um and they get excited about the silliest stuff uh, another callback about ted still not being used to living in england <laughs> after all this time yeah. actually as you watch the episode there were times i was like oh he's on the wrong side of the car <laughs> like just like in the deep recesses of my brain, I yeah. was like, something's off here. It's got to take a well, I mean, we've established Ted's been there for a long time, so he should have probably got it by now. It should become norm, but certainly not. He's like, oh, you want me to drive? She's <laughs> like, and he's like, oh, I've got the accent here. I forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back with Phoebe, Roy, and Keeley. We are outside of Bernard's house. Bernard, as a kid's name, is great, by the way. Gives him, like, dignity, seniority. <laughs> seniority. Like, uh, no surprise that a kid named Bernard turned out to be a little bit of a jerk. No offense <laughs> to all our Bernard listeners. I'm sure you're great. I'm sure you're great, Bernards. Um, that didn't get a bigger laugh, huh? I mean, yeah. I was thinking of just the different uh, versions of Bernard. Bernie, Bernice. But I guess Bernice is the when you spend female a, when version. When you spend of a weekend with one, yeah, love me some weekend of Bernice. And they're dead. Um, spoiler, sorry. 
So they start doing the poster card thing yep. where uh, he's he's and I was like, oh, this is a cute scene. Didn't think anything of it. You didn't even know like the reference. Didn't think anything of it. Okay. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is fine. It's funny. Like there's, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, then the person that I live with, um, <laughs> who I threw law and obligation and married to, uh, informed me. I love my wife. She's great. She informed me. She puts up with this. Um, she told me that this is a callback to a scene from Love Actually. Yes. So movies... I've never seen it. Have you seen Love Actually? No, I, I haven't seen Love Actually. Um, but I'm just, I guess, immersed enough in pop culture because this has been spoofed a lot of different times. Uh, I think like there's been the SNL this skits. This scene has oh. been spoofed? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. That's why I was surprised you didn't hear it. Um, but I was the same thing. I, I couldn't have told you what the movie was. If you would ask me, um, I would say it's it's that one where that zombie sheriff loves that Pirates of the Caribbean lady, because those are the two people that are in it. It doesn't land well on you because you have no idea. Who's what the zombie movie. sheriff? Zombie sheriff is the sheriff from Walking Dead. A, a Lincoln. I don't know. I'll just call him Abraham Lincoln. The dark-haired guy from Walking Dead, the main guy. Yeah, the who's main. Who's got the son? Yes. Yeah. That guy is in a British movie. He's called the one love holding. Actually. Yeah, he's the one holding all the cue cards. Is he British? Them. Uh, yeah, I think he is, actually. Oh, I thought he was from Atlanta, Lincoln, where all the zombies are. Lincoln Hawk. I don't know what this guy's well, name is. That sounds British. I can't Lincoln remember Hawk. what his name is. Hawk um, with an E at the end. Yes, and then it has Kira Knightley. So that, that was, oh, that was the joke. Oh, I'm with Kira Knightley. Um, She's great in the Pirates of the Caribbean. But I, but I asked my wife about this movie, and she was like, it's a really odd scene and weird, because, like, in the movie, uh, I think it's, um, I'm going to butcher his name. It's uh, Okafor. Chumatle Okafor, okay. I yeah, can't I remember. Sorry, um, but he is sitting there with his wife, which is Kira Knightley, and they're watching like a movie or something in the in their house. She goes to answer the door, and the way they shoot this lasso scene is like beat for beat, like where she opens the door, he's telling her to like be quiet. He the first sign he holds is, "Hey, tell him there's carolers singing or whatever," sure. which is exactly what Bernard tells his parents. Right, and then the response saying, "Oh, just give him a quid and let him go." Same exact response. So it's oh, all really? beat. It's all beat for okay. beat. Um, but in the movie, like he is literally, he was apparently like the best friends of her husband. Okay. Uh, and he's like going sure. behind his friend's back and saying, "I love you. Uh, I love your wife." And it's just, it's a very, very odd and weird movie. And Ashley was kind of telling me a little bit more about it, and like, it's, it's, it's an odd premise for a movie to like. Did they end up together? No idea. I, I watched, I, I, because of this... Uh, Think about all the poster board and markers that are wasted <laughs> yeah. if they don't end up together. Uh, but because of, like, I knew this was from Love Actually, I wanted to watch the whole scene because I wanted to see how close the lasso was. And like I said, it was pretty beat for beat. At the end of the scene, he just turns and walks away. Kira Knightley stays at the door for, you know, a beat. And then she goes and sees him in the street and gives him a kiss. And then just walks back inside. So I don't know what where it What kind ends. of kiss? It was, like a, it was like a smooch. It wasn't necessarily like a big, like... In the rain, they're making out for five. Kiss seconds. on the cheek? No, it's a kiss in the mouth. Okay, she goes for it. Interesting. And he says something weird, and I don't know. I'm sure it was a callback to the later in the movie or earlier in the movie. Um, well, this brings it up to uh, after going through seasons one through twelve of Paw Patrol, we'll be doing a Love Actually rewatch, <laughs> yeah. and so you guys can join us for that. Uh, it's going to be tough after we lose Chase, who's always on the case, mm -hmm. but. Um, yeah, I, I was informed that was from Love Actually. I've never seen it, but now that I've watched this, I probably won't. <laughs> yeah. So that's okay. It solidifies it. 
Roy through this, both Roy and Keeley are great. In this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, at one point, it's like, you're going to have to deal with him, and it's error towards Roy, and he, like, growls. He growls, staring daggers at Bernard the entire time. And it's like, and her. And Keeley's like, I'm so sorry. Like, are we to assume that Roy wrote all of these? Was it, like, maybe a team effort? I'm assuming that Love Actually is Roy's secret favorite movie. <laughs> uh, and that, yes, he wrote those. The handwriting would suggest it's Keeley's. Okay, because it's yeah. really nice handwriting. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Roy's handwriting is like that. Um, but Keeley does not seem like a willing participant in <laughs> yeah. this. Especially when it does the end her. Right. It right, would have been right. good if like the, the font or like uh, the handwriting was different for the and her. And that just shows like Roy wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is looping Keeley into it. Yeah, that'd be great. And the last part is please do better. Yeah, it's just great. It's cute, adorable, and it's a good life lesson. Just do better. Just do better. And then she she forgives him. She forgives That's Bernard. True, yeah. And then she gives Bernard a Merry Christmas. And then what does Bernard do? He turns it right around. He says, hey, I'm sorry, Phoebe. He gives the I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a very nice moment between mm-hmm. those those children. Even the thumbs up is actually beat for beat from love, actually. Oh, like, is it? Yeah, his character in the movie goes, yeah, two thumbs up, and that's what uh, Phoebe does. All right. Well, maybe I will watch it. <laughs> then we are back at Higgins' house. Higgins gives his toast to wrap this episode up. Uh, he toasts to the family you're born with and to the family you make along the way. Yeah, which... And most importantly, to Richmond. To Richmond. <laughs> To the Greyhound. I love this sequence, man. Like, even when he kind of stands up, and I think it was Rojas that kind of just, like, thanks Sam, like, thanks for having us over and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, like, to the Higgins family. Or it might have been Sam. Um, but, like, there's that brief second where Higgins like, oh, man, I'm tearing up. You got to make me cry. Like, I almost got, like, emotional there, too, because you could see it. And I love, I can't remember the actor's name that, that plays Higgins, but I think he just, he does such a great job. And the scene is not only that line about the family you're born with and the family we make along the way. I mean, that's powerful. And I think we can all relate to that in some form or fashion, but I love the way they pan the table and we see all the different traditions. Right. And whenever you do like a Christmas episode in a sitcom like this, generally they're kind of made to obviously be played in syndication like crazy during Christmas. Um, but they're usually kind of standalone episodes that are kind of bottle episodes because sure. they don't, they want new audiences to be able to come and see this. And I just really loved it. I, I love the the wrap up. This, this kind of puts a nice bow on the episode, and uh, I love I love the Segan's Fest. Yeah, it was a it was a very nice um, people getting together, people that love each other, uh, some charity. Uh, we get to see Phoebe's problem solved, which is great. <laughs> Uh, and then what is happening outside the Higgins house? But some music is being played, mm-hmm. and we bring back the buskers. And we get Rebecca on that microphone. Uh, they discovered that she could sing, and they were like, how, how many episodes can we allow uh, Hannah Waddingham to sing? Because she does a great job. And she's singing Baby. I had to look it up. I was like, I know this song. Yeah. Baby, please come, come home. home. Yeah. It's a Mariah Carey song, I believe. Oh, yeah. You could have fooled me. I mean, like, it's, I feel like every Christmas song is covered by everybody a thousand times. There's only, like, ten Christmas songs that exist. Um, but, yeah, like... Uh, I'm sorry, what's it, Hannah? Hannah Waddingham? Yeah. Like, she's not, like, a, a okay singer. Like, she's a fantastic yeah, singer. Like, she's, voice. like, hitting these notes. Like, I feel like in another life, another world, like, she could just be uh, a, a music star. I don't know that I appreciated them letting Ted do that, like, comic-y <laughs> low voice. Yeah. Like, that was unnecessary. But... I wonder if he just, like, Jason Sudeikis just doesn't feel comfortable singing or he doesn't have a good voice, so he feels like, I got to comedy it up a bit. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, that, I mean, it was fine, but like compared to her voice, where you're like, "Hey, I would, <laughs> yeah. I like enjoy listening to her," and then he comes in with 
the almost like weird uh the bass like, like the very low like it's almost like they put an effect to it <laughs> yeah I, was like, I don't think that's natural but mm. it is what it is it was fun and then what does higgins kids see higgins key uh kid looks up at the sky and sees like not like a flash of light like a shooting star like he sees a legit santa claus flying in the sky which to those you know our, our younger audience listening in could have been Santa. Could have been Santa. Uh, I thought they might have done like maybe it was like a drone. They were gonna they were gonna keep paying the camera out, and then you would see it was some kid playing with the drone, kind of tying it back to Henry earlier in the episode. But like, no, the episode just kind of cuts there, and uh, Santa Claus is real, everybody. Hmm. This reminded me of Have you seen uh, Christmas Vacation? Or yeah, the... I, I went there too. That's what it just the effect of it, like flying through the air. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's it's just like in Christmas Vacation. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was fun. <laughs> the you know, it's great to see joy on a kid's face when yeah. they believe in something. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed this episode. I wish Linus would have come out and given his speech about what Christmas is all about from the Peanuts special, but yeah. they couldn't have wrapped that all in. No. Nope. Um, but no, it was it was enjoyable. A little bit weird once again to watch <laughs> it at. I think it came out in August, and we watched it in. A month that's not Christmas. Well, so. and this second, and I think Apple did this for the first season too, because we're obviously a little bit behind the eight ball. Like the whole season has been released at this point, and I mean, it, it's not like a streaming show like like Netflix where they just say, "Hey, the shows are out there. Watch them in any order you want." Like these are coming out at very specific times, so it is kind of odd. But again, I think at the end of the day, like anything streaming nowadays, they're, they're people are going to watch it on their own kind of time. So I don't think you have to have like a Christmas, a Valentine's, like all these holiday style things be exactly aired like back in the day when The Office aired and they had those Halloween episodes. They always had network television, had them air on Halloween or, sure. or close to it. Yeah, my favorite were always the Arbor Day. Um, <laughs> Flag days are good. Right. Or um, Armistice Day, you mm. know, when we all celebrated the end of the Great War. Yep. Or uh, like, what was it? Uh, Recyclops? Recyclops Day? Recyclops Day. <laughs> as you can tell we're big fans of the office so we're gonna reference office throughout the office is incredible okay tom give me your prediction where do we go from here because it was kind of like we did a time skip to to christmas we know where they're at they're at 26 points 4 4 and 14 Mm -hmm. like where do we go from here i don't know man i was thinking the same thing like this is a bottleneck episode like we the only thing we got is that the Dubai Air stuff is seemingly out the window. Like maybe they'll touch on it again, but if they do, I think it's it's silly to then throw this this Christmas episode in here. Uh, I, again, if we if we think that they're going to win the Champions League here or champion Championship League and then be able to be promoted, like they've got to go on a tear here. So clearly, getting the two aces together. It hasn't changed much because where we left them was seven time or seven draws and one loss, I believe. So they've only won four games since still tied a boatload after that. So I don't know, like maybe there's gotta be some new thing, some new catalyst that's going to turn the team around and get them some W's. Cause we're not, we're not there yet. Mm. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's our assumption is they win this league. They go into the next league, yeah. but I don't know that, like, does the general audience really care about the success of the team so much as the people just want to watch the story of the characters? Yeah, and this is one of those things where I, I try to stay away from spoiler stuff, like, and I, and I have. Like, I don't know what happens in the rest of the season, but 
we talked about earlier in episodes, early pods this season that they Ted Lasso was like as a show signed some big contract or agreement with the Premier League to be able to use the rights and and uh, mm, logos and all that, that kind of points stuff. Points to where we're going. I kind of feel like yeah, if, if you don't go back to the Premier League, then that seems kind of silly. Yeah, I guess my thing is success. While Ted would say it's not wins and losses, but like for the experiment to work, mm-hmm. we would have to see some success on the field with beard with yeah. the team and so for the organization the like mantras of ted in terms of uh caring for people and what he did at wichita state mm-hmm. i would think that the overarching thing would be that they have some se- success on the field now that they're a team and people are getting along. I mean, I think like what we've seen, Ted has is successful. Like regardless of what other soccer happens, like I think from Ted's mindset, they're successful mm, because okay. all these people have clearly become better people. Like Jamie has, um, like Higgins has, like to a certain extent, Rebecca and all the has. team Rebecca has exactly. So like he he's I think accomplished what he set out to do, and now it's just yeah, can him beard and Nate figure that out and and transform that onto the pitch okay well i think it's going to turn into a murder mystery so someone's going to die and (laughs) we're going to have to figure out who's done it that's been my hope from the very beginning i hope it's not an animal obviously (laughs) um but we appreciate you all joining us for uh, episode four next week we'll do episode five and this is the time where tom tells us what episode we're going to be watching next week Season two, episode five is called. Um, I think I could be wrong. You could be wrong. But I think you... as I buy time for me to think of an episode title, I think it's called Where in the World is Jamie San Diego? Nice. <laughs> Jamie San Diego. Obviously Jamie Tart's twin brother. <laughs> yes. From uh San Diego england yep (laughs) all right i like it all right i've been julian and i've been tom thanks for joining us everybody thanks for joining us go back to your podcast stuff